Hello and welcome to this episode of the Daily Walk Heavenwards podcast. We are in the 28th week and we are getting closer and closer to the end of the liturgical cycle. So the liturgy of the word always becomes a little bit more intense. But we want to open our hearts and our minds to welcome the word so that we can put it into practice and continue to grow in our awareness, our identity and our lifestyle that reflects that the fact that we are God's children. Let's open our hearts to the work of the Holy Spirit. Let's bow our heads and pray. Let us pray. May your grace, O Lord, we pray, at all times go before us and follow us. And make us always determined to carry out good works through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus again replied, and spoke to the chief priests and elders of the people in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. A second time, he sent other servants, saying, Tell those invited, Behold, I have prepared my banquet, my calves and fattened cattle are killed, and everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the fest is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out, therefore, into the main roads and invite to the feast whomever you find. The servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike. And the hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he saw a man there, not dressed in a wedding garment. The king said to him, My friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendants, Bind his hands and feet and cast him into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. As disciples of Jesus, we take another step this week closer and closer to the Father by becoming more and more like Jesus. This is our goal in life. And um, recently, we have been talking a lot on the parable. We received these parables about the vineyard. 
And I remember somebody, one of my students, when I was teaching, and we were doing the vineyard the, uh, parables, uh, told me at one point, he said, but what is he going to do with all this wine? I mean, why is so taken by the vineyard? Well, I, I, it always stuck with me, that question. Why is God always inviting us to work in his field? What is his goal? What does he want from us? We got the answer today. Aren't you glad you came? You got it. All right. So, let's find out. Without the wine, we find out that God is preparing for us a party. An incredible banquet. Good food. Very likely, I'm pretty sure it's Italian food. Hey, I'm biased. Good wine. Very likely will be Chianti or something. Don't know, maybe not. But the idea is God is willing to give all that he has, and he rejoices. And the prophet Isaiah tells us that this is going to happen on that day. And on the mountain. It's on the day of the Lord. When God's plan will be fulfilled. And at the end, what do we see? What does God want to do after the, this part of creation is fulfilled? He wants to rejoice with us. But things are done in a very different way, even on the other side of creation. It is God who will be serving us the food. This is one of the most tender images that we have, I think, in scriptures. God who will put an apron and serve us food because he loves us so much and he can't wait for him to have us all there at the banquet. It's a little bit like my mom. My mom, after she retired, and then my dad passed a couple of uh, years ago, she really had a problem downsizing. Not necessarily because she, she, she enjoys having a smaller house, but the dining room had to be larger enough for all of us to gather there. You know what, I mean? you know, it, it's this image that it, she needs to have the whole tribe and feed us all. Great joy, great joy just being there. Great joy for us eating, so it's a, it's a great time. So now we know that God has a particular plan. He wants to share eternity with us and have this kind of relationship where he will be ministered to us as well. Certainly, God's plan can be frustrated by our no, by our sinfulness, but the plan will be, will happen. It will happen. We do not know when that day is, but we just really don't care because since the moment in which we were baptized, we are already experiencing, what we are supposed to experience, this life of communion and union with God. So when we pass and when the, the end of the world will come, it just changes the environment. But our life of union with God will still be the same, and it will increase. So now we see, and Isaiah tells us, creates this background uh, that will allow us to already look to the future. Footnote. We are reaching, we're getting closer and closer to the end of the liturgical cycle. Advent is right around the corner. And of course, we know that as we're getting closer to the last Sunday, the, the readings intensify and will help us to focus more and more on the things of the last day, on the end of the world. 
the final test. Okay? So we see this, this, in, this change in tone in the readings because now we are already looking at what happened when God's plan will be fulfilled. Because of this, because it is God who wants to fulfill and wants to take care of all our needs, the psalm makes sense. In fact, the psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, Psalm 23, it's a beautiful psalm, but it makes more sense when we understand it within the context in which it was given to us, within the context of God's plan. We say the Lord is my shepherd, and therefore, all my needs, all that I need to thrive, all that I need to experience that banquet at the end of life, and already here, is already given to me. It's already given to us. God gives us all that we need to live our life as children of God. We don't have to wait. We don't have to compare ourselves. Each one of us has exactly what is needed to make it. That's good news. Because we don't need to compare ourselves. Because sometimes, I, and, and I, believe me, I thought about this many, for many years of my life. I thought that I did not have enough grace to become a saint. Because I was thinking that in order for me to become a saint, I have to be like St. Francis of Assisi. Now, Francis of Assisi is always portrayed as someone who was spending all his days walking in the fields, talking to the birds and to the flowers. It ain't me, okay? Really not me at all. So there was that kind of frustration, you know. But the reason the church gives us saints is not that we have to mimic them, but to understand that we are called to respond to the invitation to join God in this wonderful life. In whatever circumstances we are living in, no matter our personality shortcomings, with our temperament, our economic situation, whatever it is that we may be going through is the right circumstance, the right thing, for us to encounter God. More than Francis of Assisi, I would be akin more to St. Jerome, for example. They spend all his life studying scriptures. Yeah, sign me up. But that doesn't really fit with the rest of life. Do you understand? So we, we can in, be inspired by others, but we always have to make sure that we find in us all the resources that God has given us in order to. Because it's not like someone has more grace than I do to respond. Because sometimes this kind of language may actually make us stop journeying because I'll never be as good as Teresa of Avila or Thomas Aquinas. I will never be as smart as Thomas Aquinas. I will never pray like whatever. Well, no, I don't need to be as smart, as good, as prayer. I have to be me and be faithful to the gift that God has given me. Amen? In this, we find true freedom because I can be myself. Because th that's what it means to become saint, to truly become oneself. And that's what allows us to experience the banquet already here. When we talk about eternal life, we are not talking about the life that never ends. It's the life of the eternal one, the life of God that we can already experience here. Jesus told us, the kingdom of God is in you. And when we were baptized, 
God dwelt, moved in. Okay, so we have all together. You remember me telling you several times, he says, by myself, I don't have it all together. And people who work close to me, they know I don't have it all together. But together, I have it all. Because the sheep is good, but it, it makes sense only if she's part of a flock. By herself, the sheep will lose. We will lose the way. So we have to understand that we, part of our identity is not just Jesus and me, but also Jesus and us. And understand the value and the role that we all have in each other's life. As we talked a couple of weeks ago when we heard from St. Paul that said, consider the other more important than yourself, it gives us the mechanics of how we have to function in this parish. I consider you more important than me, you consider me more important than you, and we keep lifting each other up, and we're going to find each other in heaven. I want to sign up for that, because that's what really means to be part of the flock of God. It's okay. So God wants to have the banquet. God wants us to share and gives us all that we need to remain in the household. How do we respond? And this is the tragedy that we experience, because we are free to respond, to say yes to the love of God and say no to the love of God. Look at what's happening in the gospel. Gives us another parable of a king giving a, a, a banquet for the wedding of his son. I've never been invited to a royal wedding. I've never been invited to anything that was so majestic. The closest I got was concelebrate with the Pope. Footnote, it was not just the two of us. It was him and about a hundred priests. So he did not even see me. But hey, I was there. <laughs> I have pictures. Okay. But I remember, you remember the last uh, uh, royal wedding from England? Uh, what, the prince, I can remember his name. Um, I remember when the opening, the, the bride was coming in, that moment, I was in the ER, I was visiting someone who was sick. And the little TV that is on the bed was on. And this person, without even notice, with all the love that she had for me because I was visiting her, she just slightly moved me <laughs> because she wanted to see the bride going in. And so we were talking, you know, with it, but one eye was there because it's awesome, isn't it? Now imagine you receive an invitation to participate to a royal wedding. What are you going to do? Uh, you probably start getting ready a year prior to it, right? But look at what's happening in the gospel. These people received the invitation and some say, nah, I don't want to go. Really? Come on. Well, what? And some people say, I have to go to the, to, to the farm. Really, of all the days, that's the day you want to go to the farm. I have to take care of business. I have to take care of that. Well, guess what? You cannot be part of the kingdom without participating in the life of the king. Let me put it this way. We cannot go to heaven holding a little bit of hell in our pockets. We are part of the body of Christ, meaning that we are invited to open our heart to this new way of doing things that is based on loving one another, loving our enemies, blessing those who persecute us. You remember those Beatitudes, all these things that we heard throughout the year. We cannot experience the life of God 
if we hold on just to what we like and what we don't like. Why didn't they go to the, king, to the wedding? Because they thought that they had something else to do, something more important. We sometimes approach God thinking that I don't need to convert, I don't need to change my mind, I don't need to pick up the cross to follow Christ. I can do both ways. I can do this way and my way. And God should be happy with that because I'm going to church. It, life is not lived this way. Our life is lived in a completely different way. Our life to live is lived by prioritizing what God does, what God wants. And entering into this mindset that He's willing to share with us and we have to make a fundamental choice. Am I willing to participate in the joys of the life with God or not? A lot of people don't come to church anymore because they say, I don't feel anything. Well, I, how open were you? Or does it mean I didn't get what I wanted and I got upset and I'm not going back? Because in the end, whom are we loving? We are loving ourselves. And if we don't get the things that we want, when we want and how we want it, Oh my goodness, you're going to hear about it. Do you understand this change in mentality that allows us to say, hey, what a great gift I got. God is sharing his life with me. And therefore, we who receive God's life in word and sacrament, as we learned last Sunday, we receive it, we let transform us into Christ, and we go out there and we share it. And the more we do this, the more great joy will be experienced by all of us. More, the life will make more sense. And we understand why all the saints have something in common. Joy. There is no, even Pope Francis said, there is no such a thing as sad Christian. In spite of all that may happen in us, the joy and the peace that God, Christ has given us remains stable in us. Certainly, we react to things. Of course we do. But there is a fundamental feeling of saying, I am united with Christ. And that comes always and only by accepting the invitation. And even today, God is calling us, says, come to the feast. Come to the feast. Move closer and closer to me. And you will understand what it means to rejoice in Christ. You understand what it means that this is the day that the Lord has made. You understand what it means to live a life lived fully in the awareness that God loves us immensely and he has called us, each one of us, to be his child. I hope you felt inspired by the word to accept the invitation and join the King to the wedding feast. I wish you well, and uh, I ask you to continue to pray for all of us who are involved in the ministry of the Word as we pray for you. God bless, and I'll talk to you soon.